As you know, we just had our Indo-American News Unplugged session, and uh, uh, it was our another round of I Think I Know This, our quiz contest, and we had an excellent session with Sandeep Dasgupta, Padma Javed Artham, and Mehul Parmar. And Mehul's uh, wife is texting away. Okay, here's the guest lineup for today. Uh, so, as you know, you're listening to American News. You can listen to us on 98.7 FM and the Masala Radio app. And our uh, newspaper website is www.indoamerican-news.com. And the Masala Radio uh, website is www.masalaradio.com. By Monday, you can hear the recorded show on podcast which is uploaded on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public and Breaker. Subscribe to our free podcast channel and click to listen. Gun control is a hot topic right now with most of the GOP dead set against any infringe infringements on the Second Amendment right to possess firearms. So at 4.20 p.m., um, uh, State Rep. Ron Reynolds from District 27 he had proposed closing one of the major loopholes to getting guns, but it failed to get support in 2019. So now, with added emphasis on doing something to curb gun violence, we will be talking to Ron Reynolds if his bill is being better received. The Harris County District Attorney's Office has been spreading the message of how it can serve the greater Houston community through outreach programs and monthly interviews on our show. Today at 4.50 p.m., we will be talking with Vehicular Crimes Section Chief Lynn Wen and Misdemeanor Crimes Division Chief Nathan Beadle on how investigations are conducted and how the public can help the process along. Also, stay tuned in for News Roundup views, sports, and movie reviews. To be featured on our show or to advertise, please contact us at 713-789-6397 or at IndoAmericanNews at Yahoo.com. Aha, uh -huh. thank you so much. Oh, and here's yeah, Pramod with yeah. the news roundup. <laughs> I was yeah. wondering why is Pramod looking at me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want an introduction like, here's Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> here's Pramod. <laughs> yes. Live from Indo-American News Radio, this is Pramod Kulkarni with the latest news from Houston, the United States, India, and around the world. There was good news and bad news for progressives from Washington, D.C. this week. The good news is that President Joe Biden has signed the first bipartisan compromise on controlling gun violence in decades. Triggered by the mass shooting of school children and teachers in Uvalde, the legislation will toughen uh, background checks for the youngest gun buyers, keep firearms from more domestic violent offenders, and help states put in place red flag laws that make it easier for authorities to take weapons from people adjudged to be dangerous. Most of the $13 billion cost of the legislation will help bolster mental health programs and aid schools in helping prevent mass shootings. The legislation makes no headway to banning the sale of AR-15 assault rifles or high-capacity magazines. Two pieces of bad news have come from the Supreme Court. On Thursday, the Supreme Court struck down a New York City law that restricted the people's ability to carry concealed weapons. On Friday, the Supreme Court jolted the progressives with a historic reversal of the landmark 1973 Roe v. Wade decision and, in a 5-4 to four decision, 
ruled that the states may again outlaw abortion. The Supreme Court's conservative majority includes Sam Aliotto, appointed by President George W. Bush, Clarence Thomas, appointed by President George H. W. Bush, and three judges appointed by President Donald Trump, Neil Gorsuch, Brent Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. Pro-choice protests are expected nationwide throughout the summer, and they may galvanize voting during the midterm elections. There may be more bad news for progressives from the Supreme Court. According to an article in the Texas Tribune, Justice Thomas's opinion signals an openness from the court to reconsider other set legal precedents such as contraception and same-sex marriage. On the other hand, Justice Kavanaugh is hinting that he will support the constitutional right to travel across state lines for abortions. Due to the state's trigger law, Texas will outlaw abortion within 30 days of the Supreme Court ruling. Local district attorneys are issuing their opinion on how they will handle abortion cases. Fort Bend District Attorney Brian Middleton says his office will carefully review any abortion criminal complaints and he himself will decide on whether to prosecute or not. Harris County District Attorney Kim Ogg said the criminalization of reproductive health will cause great harm to women in America, but she has promised to evaluate the facts and make decisions on prosecutions on a case-by-case basis. Meanwhile in Europe, Ukrainian forces have begun withdrawal from Severodonetsk, the the administrative center for the Luhansk region. As a signal of what may come next, Russian bomber planes flew close to the Ukrainian border with Belarus and fired about 90 missiles into targets throughout Ukraine. On a positive note, the leaders of the European Union have formally approved Ukraine's candidate status to join the EU. That's the first official step towards full membership. President Biden departed today for a week of summits in Europe to keep the Allies united against Russia. In sports news, the Indian cricket team is in England to play the fifth test match next Friday at Old Trafford. This match was cancelled last September because the Indian team was unable to field a full team due to the COVID pandemic. Here in Houston, the Houston Rockets have drafted Jabari Smith Jr., the star power forward who played for the Auburn Tigers. Rockets coach Paul Silas that he was said he was super excited to have Smith on his team. In baseball news, the Houston Astros ended the New York Yankees' 15-game winning streak yesterday on the performance of their ace pitcher Justin Verlander. And to add insult to injury, the Astros beat the Yankees on a no-hitter uh, 3-0 to with the performance of three of their pitchers. Finally this afternoon, Cadillac has announced its forthcoming electric vehicle, the Celestic. The luxury vehicle is expected to go into production late next year. Cadillac plans to manufacture only 500 Celestics at a price tag of $300,000 each. The luxury car will have a hands-free assisted drive system and a customized wood trim in the cabin. That's all the news for now. More news, views, discussions, and music as we continue with the Indo-American News talk show. 
you know, that Celestic better have a kitchenette in it too, so that you can I know. mix did your. Did you ever? Did any of you ever ride in a Cadillac? Yes. Yes. Wow. We had one for a while. But, but oh, it's the height of luxury. But you know, the Celestic better have a kitchenette so they can mix your own margaritas on a hot summer day <laughs> as you're you driving along. You don't mean along. a kitchenette. You mean a bar. Yeah, a bar. Ki- no, no, a kitchenette. <laughs> I mean, with a little <laughs> microwave, so you can eat a lo- uh, warm up a hot dog uh-huh. or something at the same oh, time. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Just the wood trim won't cut it. The wood, tr- yeah, yeah. Well, you know, three hundred thousand. How many? Well, you you could put a lot of batteries in it. I guess that's true. <coughs> but uh, that would ma- make it all very difficult to move, very heavy. Uh, Pramod, you know um, uh, this uh, whole thing with the with the uh, the the new uh, proposal, the gun control proposals. We're going to be talking about Ron, with Ron Reynolds real very shortly in a minute. Uh-huh. Uh, but the the legislation that passed the Senate, yes, it passed with all the Democrats voting and only ten Republican senators. Right, and uh, Biden has pa- signed the legislation. He, yeah, so it's become law. It's become law, but it's it's just a very very uh, uh, watered mi- down, watered down a minuscule effort. Yeah, I mean when you think about it, the three major p- pieces is the domestic uh, loophole. You know where the domestic partner has a gun and he uses it on the domestic partner. Yeah. Uh, the mental health component, and then uh, the uh, background checks, uh, right. the raising uh, background checks, and the fourth one actually is the red flag. Right. Uh, consideration, all of which are very, very, you know, very basic, minor, minor compared kind of, to what is and, actually but, needed. But there should be no debate on those three uh, items. Right. But what gets me is when they talk about mental health, increasing funding for mental health. As some many uh, uh, shows ago, I mentioned the person, million dollars. The, the 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 president who cut out all the funding for mental health was Ronald Reagan uh-huh. back in 1984, 86. And since then, now we uh, we fast forward to 36 years, 40 years forward, and we're coming back with doing mental health. And However, he himself suffered from a lot but of the, but but the mental health, unfortunately, how do you figure out exactly. who is mentally incompetent? Right, you figure out only after they've committed the crime. Right, yeah. so it's y- useless. So th- would this mean that all of us have to go through mental health checks every time we try to get a, te- a driver's license? No, how in the world I will they know? I think it's when you try to buy a gun. Well, okay, so, but yeah, by then it's already too late. Is mental health included in background check? Do, they, do we have to now carry a card that we are mentally sane? That's what I'm saying. It's all very, <laughs> it's all very hokey. It doesn't make any sense yeah, whatsoever. It's, it's oh. just yeah. hogwash. Yeah. A- I think they'll Pulling have to come the wool over people's eyes, just, you know, trying to show us that they're doing something. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it is. It's actually nothing. It's actually nothing. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, because the NRA runs the country and they will run the country. That's the bottom line. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Okay, so the uh, it's going to be a um, uh, a lot of money spent on very little gain. Yes. So with that said, uh, folks, we I just got a message from our first guest, state rep. Uh, Ron Reynolds. Ron Reynolds. He's stuck on 59. He said the freeway shut down. He said he's going to be late. He can call us over but the phone. Yeah, he may be able to call us in. So I'm going to send him a message to, uh, to call in and see what happens. Um, but uh, we I will be back. I can at least make an announcement. Yes, yeah, yeah, please do. Please do. Yeah. Is there enough time right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay. On behalf of Shiv Durga Krishna 
काली मंदिर एस डी के के एम ऑफ ग्रेटर ह्यूस्टन दे रिक्वेस्ट द ऑनर ऑफ योर ग्रेशियस प्रेजेंस एट द ग्राउंड ब्रेकिंग सेरेमनी एंड भूमि पूजा ऑफ देर टेम्पल फॉलोड बाय ए bitarini puja i'm sorry bitarini bitarini that means we're actually out of time so you'll have to wait we'll do it after we come back yeah india news us news world news movie reviews and local community roundup every saturday 4 to 6 pm on masala 98.7 fm hi i'm jawahar i'm sanchali and i'm pramod indo american news radio Willie Nanayakra and Associates Attorneys and Counselors at Law specializes in immigration over 35 years of experience. New reforms are coming to the old immigration system. Now is the time to get all your immigration questions answered. Attorney George Willie offers free initial one-on-one consultation every Thursday at 9:30 a.m. on Masala Radio 98.7 FM. Willie Nanayakra and Associates Attorney 14141 Southwest Freeway Visit gwrpc.com. Call two eight one two six five two five two two. One thing everyone wants is to own their own home. Prosperity Bank wants to see you in your home, even if you think you could never afford it. How? With their Hop Mortgage, one hundred percent financing on maximum loan amount of three hundred and fifty thousand. Refinance is allowed. And bankers who help you. Call eight four four U Hop. That's eight four four Y O U H O P P. Prosperity Bank. NMLS four six six four one four. Loan subject to eligibility restrictions and credit requirements. Offered in designated Texas markets. 100% financing based on lesser of purchase price or appraised value subject to change equal housing lender Indo-American News Radio India News US News World News Movie Reviews and Local Community Roundup every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. on Masala 98.7 FM Hi I'm Jawahar I'm Sanchali and I'm Pramod Indo-American News Radio Welcome back everyone quick announcement On behalf of the Shiv Durga Krishna Kali Mandir of Greater Houston, uh, they would like to request the honor of your gracious presence at the groundbreaking ceremony and Bhumi Puja of the temple, followed by a Bipottarini Puja, the chief priest by Chief Priest Dr. Bishnupada Goswami. Invocation song will be sung by Pandit Suman Ghosh, and some of the distinguished guests who will be there are um, Dr. Arun Verma, um, uh, Lena Hidalgo, Indian, uh, Indian Consul General. Dr. Durga Das Agarwal, Mr. Narendra Segal, and Mr. Bal Sareen and Jugal Malani. So it will be a grand event, and it is on uh, July the second. July second, yes. July second at uh, um, right next to um, where is the? the so the, it's right. Uh, there's the address on Kitharo, right? Yeah, it is But on Kitharo. It's not on the ad. Okay. Oh, it's not in the ad, but it's on the the uh, Govinda. Uh, the Gaudiya Mart, right Mart. next to the Gaudiya Mart, and uh, parking Haro. is going to be in the Gaudiya Mart premises. Right, right. It's on Keith Harrow Lane, on uh, near Highway Six, on Saturday, July the second. Right. Okay. Starts and, uh, at nine o'clock in the morning, and it goes through lunch, which is served at one o'clock. Right, and I'll be emceeing the event. So hello. right. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. And then now you can introduce Mr. Ron Reynolds. Yes. He's yes. stuck in traffic right now. Okay, I'm so glad that he'd be able to uh, join us over the phone. Um, 
Representative, Representative Ron Reynolds is currently serving his sixth term in the Texas House as State Rep, House, House District 27. He's the first African-American State Rep in Fort Bend County since Reconstruction. He was named the 2021 87th Session Legislator of the Year by both Fort Bend United and The Young and the Politics. He was voted by his House colleagues as Freshman Legislator of the Year and Public Servant of the Year by the Houston Minority Contractors Association. He served as the House Minority Whip during the 83rd and 84th legislative sessions. He's a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity and 100 Black Men of America. Currently, he's the chair of the Texas Progressive Caucus, vice chair of the Texas Legislative Black Caucus, and vice chair of the House Caucus on Climate, Environment, and the Energy Industry. He also serves as the legislative leader for the Texas State NAACP and NAACP. the Texas... Okay and the Texas Coalition of Black Democrats. He serves as the ranking member on the House Committee on Environmental Regulation and serves on the Powerful Energy Resources Committee. Prior to being elected, State Rep Reynolds was an associate municipal judge for the city of Houston, past president of the Houston Lawyers Association, and past president of the Missouri City and Vicinity NAACP. He's a recipient of the Honorary Doctorate of Divinity, He's a devout Christian, married to Dr. Janita Reynolds, and they have three wonderful children. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much for joining us over the phone. Sorry that you're stuck Absolutely. in traffic. <laughs> no, 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 no. My, pl my pleasure. I don't know if oh, you I'm remember, we met at the Sonia Rash event. <laughs> I do. I remember yeah, you very well. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> and of course, Ron, you were on our show on February the 19th. Right. Correct. Yes. No, no, I'm, hold on. I'm, I'm taking my phone off a speaker. Hold on one second. We can okay. hear you very you well, me? though. Yeah. You can hear me very well? Yes, oh, yes, yes, okay. yes. You're fine. Yeah, you okay. can leave it, leave it on speaker since you're driving. But, yeah. Ron, okay, before great. we get to anything else, what can you do about the construction traffic? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Good I question. Wish I, I wish I had the power to change this. I would have been there. Aww, <laughs> you're trying to get here. <laughs> no, you, you, you appreciate I, the effort. I, 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 I'm actually going to be, uh, I'm, I'm glad I can talk to you on the phone while I'm still driving there because I was excited to be back on the show and uh, certainly I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, your public engagement to keep the citizens and the community informed about everything that's happening in our community and in our county and in our country. We, we're, we're, we live in a global society so we have to uh, be ever present about laws that impact us and, and change us and, and our uh, uh laws so it's great to be on a day to to have a great dialogue with you all well thank you so much ron you know ron we're in the media so at least we can get away with not mincing words so i know that you as politicians have to be very careful of what you have to say but i have to tell you i have to tell you that i was totally totally disgusted by the gop state convention that was held last saturday uh, all i could see out there was um uh, a bunch of fascists just trying to to uh, to to not have a conversation with anyone who doesn't think like them. And I I was really astounded that John Cornyn, who's been one of the most um, bland kind of senators that we've had all uh, in the last eight years, was booed for the only piece of legislation that he ever showed any any guts in in putting together against gun control. What do you say to, about that? You know, I agree. It, it, it was startling to, to see and witness uh, the, the t 
type of treatment uh, that he was met with in the booze, the massive booze from the audience of GOP delegates uh, attending the convention. Uh, he was booed because he wanted a, uh, a to support a real bipartisan bill that was really watered down. It really yeah, there's no meat to it. Body's Second Amendment right. It offered some some modest protections, uh, red flag laws, uh, some mental health. It didn't do. It didn't do. It didn't go anywhere near exactly. where it should have yeah, been in terms of banning assault weapons, raising the age from 18 to 21 to purchase, uh, universal background checks. It didn't do any of that, and yet it still they still booed him because he wanted to support a bipartisan bill. Give me a break. I know, and he was one of the the few, uh, one of the ten Republican senators who actually went ahead and voted for this. Okay. Uh, it, it is it is blows my mind that we have people in our society who are just, uh, you know, who generally don't care. Generally, uh, yeah, yeah, they are. The only way I can label them is that they're fascists. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this is that, the sort that, of thing that, you. That is correct. It's correct. You're right. And and, and listen, on top of that, they passed a a platform. That means that this reflects their values. Correct. They they wanted to repeal the Voting Rights Act of 1965 that really allowed people who look like me to serve in public office. But because passage of the prior to passage of the Voting Rights Act of 1965, there was blatant voter discrimination and Jim Crow laws that prohibited minorities from voting. They want to repeal it. They want to repeal it. Here we are in 2022. Yeah, yeah that's quite break. amazing. They passed They passed another resolution saying that Joe Biden was not the legitimate president. I know. <laughs> I mean, come on. Give me a break. These are, these are adults who did this at a Republican convention in the state of Texas. But, they, your, but they're not acting majority. like adults. Yeah, the majority uh, of their delegates had to vote in favor to pass it. I can see a few, one or two fringe people doing it, but a majority of people passing that resolution? I it, know. It's mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling. Re- really so that, mind-boggling. That shows you the state of affairs in the Republican Party in this country. and you. So it goes to your point. They are fascists. Yes. Yeah. They are, and, uh, and, and many of them, uh, I hate to say it, but it, I'm going to speak truth to power, there, many of them are racist. Yes. Yep. Yes. Seems like it. All of them. All of them are. <laughs> and, and, and Ron, uh, can uh, the Democrats use this extreme uh, platform to make gains with the public uh, for the midterm yeah, well, elections? I would, I would, exactly. Yeah. I would hope so. I would hope that they can appeal to uh, the the large swath, especially Texas is a majority minority state. The large swath of the citizens in the state. Uh, and, and the new people coming to this state and this country are minorities, African-Americans, Asians, uh, Hispanics. And those uh, are the so same the people that the, the these GOP delegates, who are mostly white, are afraid of. Mostly white men. Yeah. They're, re- they're railing against? Yes. They, they don't want to accept them. Uh, and, and that's why they, re- they're, they're, they want to repeal the Voting Rights Act of 1965. That's why they passed Senate Bill 1, uh, with the, which is a voter suppression law to largely prohibit and make it more difficult for people of color to vote. We have already one of the most restrictive voter laws in the country, and now with Senate Bill 1, uh, we, as you saw, had a record number of people whose, whose mail-in ballots were, were, were rejected. And all, they made it more difficult to vote, but they made it easier to purchase guns. So I know. let's suppose that a fundamental right 
we make it more difficult. But for a purchase of a gun, we make it easier. So that there, our priorities in the state are, are, are backwards uh, from our Republican leadership. Yeah. It's time for the people of Texas to vote their values and to vote them out of office. That's true. Uh, Ron, there are some uh, news reports which say that some of the Hispanics in South Texas are edging towards the GOP. Yes. What do you think of that? Well, I, I, I have seen that, and I've read that, and well, I know that there is a, a movement by the GOP to attract many of them uh, to appeal that, hey, you know, we the, the Democrats favor immigration reform, which is going to take away your jobs. It's going to hurt you by opening the borders. It's going to hurt you by this. So they're using fear tactics to play on their uh, emotions to make them believe that the Democrats are going to make it more difficult for legal citizens, Hispanics, uh, to to hurt their economic employment opportunities because the jobs are going to go to, uh, uh, you know, illegal immigrants. So they're really, uh, you know, trying to weaponize them with false narratives that quite frankly are, are, are not are not real. Basically, all Democrats are trying to do is open up a pathway to citizenship so that these people can live, truly live the American dream. And many of them are escaping, you know, uh, communism and, and other uh, places where they come here for uh, opportunities and, and to advance. And so Democrats are a big tent party that are welcoming. And so they're, they're, it is unfortunate that many of them are falling for uh, false rhetoric. Uh, but, but, but the Republicans, they uh, really are favoring laws that would actually limit them. Uh, they don't favor, you know, access to health care. And that's why we don't have Medicaid expansion in this state. Uh, they, 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 they don't believe in a livable wage. That's why we still don't have a livable wage where we pay in Texas. There's a minimum of seven twenty-five an hour, and most states have raised that. So there are so many things I could go right. on and on so, with run. That, that the Republican Party is, yeah. is, is pushing. So I, it, it's really antithetical to their best interests. Well, uh, uh, let me interrupt you there on that line to bring you to focus you back to gun control, which is what we wanted yeah. to talk to you yeah. about. Uh, yes. You talk about the Republicans limiting the debate. <clears throat> well, one of the things that they limited the debate on was a proposal that you put together, House Bill 195. You put this out in October 2019 Correct. To, to limit the, um, the sale of guns at gun shows because there's a gun show loophole. Basically, if you go to right. a gun show, you, you don't have to show any, uh, any ID or any background checks or anything. You can just buy a gun and you walk out. And you don't even have to be uh, of the right age, apparently, for some of these. So, so they limited what happened. Why did this not go through in 2019? It's just a very sensible kind of approach uh, to, to gun uh, control. Why did this happen like Absolutely. that? I'll, I'll be very frank with you, uh, and, I, and I even refiled that bill last session as House Bill 52 during uh, the the previous session. So mm -hmm. uh, you're right, I filed the last two sessions. Essentially, if anybody wants to go purchase a gun at a licensed gun dealer, uh, they have to perform a background check under the Brady Bill. There's a federal background check for purchases at a gun store. But there's a gun show loophole. So if you want to go to a gun show, the NRA uh, has a, uh, a, a gun show or, or there's a gun show at the George R. Brown or the, let's say, at the uh, Smart Financial Center, then 
They mm-hmm. don't have to perform a background check. You can have a felony conviction, which means you can't pass a background check, and you can go purchase a gun because there's no background check. There's a loophole. Why? So why? why is that? It's because always been there. There, there's only there's they only require a a a background check by federal gun dealers. Right. So, so basically, like, they're saying that it's it's dealers. there's too much burden for people to do this kind of stuff at a gun show, gun show. Yeah, and so they just want to make facilitate burden. the sale of guns more than anything else. Correct. That is all about gun sales. So they're saying that if there's a private transaction, meaning that if I wanted to buy a gun from you uh, in your at your house right now, there's no requirement for a a background check so you could sell me a gun i could be someone who can't pass a background check and legally i can purchase one from you right because there's no background check and you can sell it to me you can sell it on, on the internet there's no background check for an internet sale so these are these are loopholes within our law that allow people that shouldn't that couldn't pass a background check to purchase guns and my bill would have prevented that it would have prevented these gun show loopholes and that is, it allows so many people to purchase guns in this country that should not be able to do one. But the well, Republican so leadership, they, 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 and the NRA, they, they, they have not allowed uh, us to close the gun show loophole and, and, uh, and do what we call universal background checks to prevent people from these loopholes. Right. So, you know, the 20, 25, 25 to 50 percent of gun show sales are from unlicensed or private individuals. Correct. The guns used correct. the guns used in the Columbine High School uh, massacre in 2010, uh, or, uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the high school massacre, and the one in California Street, and the one in 2010 in Pentagon shooting were all purchased at gun shows. Right. So what is right. the status so, so of why? that bill right now? <laughs> the, the, bill, the bill died. The bill died. Here, here, here it is. Who, who killed so it? The problem is... Dan the Patrick, the Republican leadership. <laughs> no, they but we need to know who these people are who voted against it because well, we we no, can we can vote against them. Jawahar, it doesn't come to a vote. Oh, without Dan, Dan Patrick's discretion. It died in committee. It died oh. in committee. So Dan Patrick it, killed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no. The, the 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 this is this is in the house. So oh. Dan Patrick would have killed it, but it didn't. It didn't advance. It didn't even make it there. The homeland security. No, it didn't even get there. So we couldn't get a vote out of the committee. So the bill, the bill got filed at a hearing, and the NRA they killed the bill. The National Rifle oh, wow. Association killed the bill. What? Yeah, no, but why, Because they want to make sure that the people at gun shows can sell as many guns and ammunition as they can, and makes because that they're is, rent, renting that the space. Is absolutely right. That is that all is down to dollars right. and cents, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's economics. They, they want to sell as many So what can we do at this point? Vote them out of office. November 8th, we can, we can send them packing. We don't have, we don't have uh, uh, term limits in this, in this state, but every election is a term limit. You have the power to hire and fire. And you, I think the people of this state should fire those who are, have blood on their hands because they're recalcitrant in allowing the NRA to simply... Uh, continue to keep us from meaningful common sense gun reform legislation to save lives. Well, it seems to me that this is an opportunity for the Democratic Party here in Texas to come forward with some statistics of names of people who voted one way or the other, who who who, who did not allow this piece of legislation to get through. Because that's the only way that you'll go out and, and vote some of these people out if you know who they yeah, are. It's it's all yeah, the House yeah. and Senate Republicans. 
Right. John Cornyn, uh, Cruz, Abbott, Patrick. The, 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 our leaders in this state are failing us. They're putting their needs of the NRA uh, and their profits before public safety and health. That, that is what they're simply doing. And it, and it is a shame, and I think it is un-American and it's unpatriotic. Uh, it, but that is essentially what's happening right here in Texas. Right. Uh, on the heels of Uvalde. Uh, and, 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 you know, Texas leads this, this nation in the number of mass shootings. Uvalde was just the, the latest example of it. Ron, Ron, uh, hold on. We're going to go to a commercial break. You, I, and yes, we'll sir. be right back. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramon. Indo-American News Radio. हर साल बोनस मिलने के पहले सोचता हूँ तुम्हें डायमंड रिंग गिफ्ट करूँगा लेकिन इस साल वो ख्याल छोड़ दिया इस साल बोनस नहीं मिला अरे नहीं पता चला महाराजा में डायमंड्स के भाव बड़े ही नहीं तो बोनस की जरूरत ही नहीं तो अब भी चलो महाराजा सेम सर्विस सेम क्वालिटी एंड सेम लो प्राइस महाराजा ज्वेलर्स 5821 Looking for fresh homemade spices? Chandrika Masala is the place. Chandrika Masala Retail Outlet at Factory Location, 13220 Morphy Road. Chandrika Masala, 100% homemade spices, atas and chutneys. 713-789-3088. Chandrikamasala.com. 713-789-3088. वो बरसों पुराना स्वाद यहाँ कहाँ? बरसों पुराना स्वाद? अरे भुजिया का? उसके लिए ऐरे गैरे नहीं, भुजिया के एक्सपर्ट्स चाहिए। बिकानो? इधर लाओ, इधर लाओ। तुम कह रहे थे वो स्वाद कहाँ? भुजिया मतलब बिकानो, जो बनती है बरसों पुरानी खास ओरिजिनल रेसिपी और बेस्ट क्वालिटी के इंग्रेडिएंट्स Indo-American News Radio. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. And welcome back, everyone. And th thanks to the perseverance of uh, Ron Reynolds, he made it into town. He made it into our studio. He got through the 59 loophole, and he was able to make it here. That, that, is, that shows commitment. Thank you so much for making it, Ron. It's great to be in the studio with you all, to see your beautiful smiling faces. <laughs> well, thank you. It's great to have you here. And and we're glad you made it in. Thank and you. And like we were talking about just before the commercial break, uh, and uh, you, you mentioned that the hospital got killed. Pramod mentioned there was Dan Patrick, perhaps, got killed in committee. It would never have seen the light of day no. after it came out of the committee. No. The people who are on the committee, we, need, we should all know who they are. So if we are in their districts, we can vote them out. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know the chairman uh, of the committee basically thought he was doing me a favor just because he gave me a hearing because he told me, we're not passing your bill. There's too much opposition. And he's talking about from the NRA. Uh, I had... Uh, Who was the chairman? James White, Republican chairman, James White. Uh, all of the Republicans on the committee 
were against it. Now, this shouldn't be a partisan issue. This should be about public health and safety. What happened at Uvalde or what happened at uh, Santa Fe, what happened in schools, churches, shopping centers, synagogues, mosques, that should be a issue that impacts everyone. It Correct. should be Republican, Democrat, yeah, independent, yeah. black, white. But this is a partisan issue where Republicans have planted their flag with the NRA against common sense gun reform. The, the bullet doesn't know who it's going to. It doesn't know. But it does know where it's coming from. Yeah, exactly. And in this case, it's the Repu Republican yes. committees Correct. holding the trigger. That's right. That you're talking about, here's the thing, I want the audience to know, the NRA, they give millions of millions of dollars in campaign contributions to Governor Abbott, uh, Lieutenant Governor Patrick, and other Republicans, to basically to... If they have an A rating, that means that they have a report card. I have an F rating, for example. Mm -hmm. I voted no against the permitless carry legislation. A, a open carry, I voted no. So I have an F rating. But those who got an A rating from the NRA, the National Rifle Association, they get large campaign contributions. And unfortunately, many of my colleagues that are on the Republican on the other side of the aisle, they are beholden to that campaign cash and the NRA. So, mm -hmm. so that they're they're not doing. If That's, you look at the stats, you can pull it right now. Over seventy percent of Texans favor background checks and closing that gun show loophole. That bill that I filed, they don't care because they're far right base, and the NRA they don't support it, so they don't want to see it. Well, folks, if you're listening to this, then you know that this is a campaign issue that you can all go for, and you can ask the guys that you're voting in. You can ask them what they intend to do in this. And, and it's not just simply asking. Ch check their record. That's if right. their record is not right, vote them out. It's a matter of public I record. mean, this, this can affect your kids. You could be the victim of, of, a, of a random shooting, and it could be a gun that was picked up at one of the gun shows. Right, right. Sinchali? Yeah, or it could have been bought from someone who, you know, you don't have to do a background check if yeah. you just buy it from someone. Right. You can buy it. Right. I, I, I can go out in the parking lot right now, Yes, and open my trunk up, and here's an AR-15. Oh, my goodness. I can sell it to you. That's an assault rifle. Legally, I don't have to do a background check. You pay me cash. Boom, we're done. My gosh. That, 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 that can happen right here. This is worse, really worse than a drug deal. Yeah. 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 It's, it's terrible. It is absolutely it's, it's scary. It should frighten people that this can happen in America, in Texas, in Sugar Land, in Fort Bend County. But, but what, So our, our voters need to wake up to this reality. They, they really do. They, I, I, I have been appealing to the voters. There's so much voter apathy right now. People, people sit at home and they complain about it, but they can vote and do something about it. So I think that the people of this great state should vote their values. The election is, this is a pivotal election coming up in November. Governor Abbott is on the ballot. Governor, Lieutenant Governor Patrick, every member of Congress, every state representative, all of us are on the ballot. You have the power to go and make a difference. The only way it's gonna change is if you go. Now, I, I, I support people who march and protest and, and use their social media, but it can't stop there. You need to go to the polls and you need to vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk, talk, talk is cheap. Yes. You got to actually vote these people out. And really, a lot of our Indian uh, immigrants who come here, they come from a country where we cannot own a gun. You know, I mean, Pramod, isn't that true in most, most places in India? 
It certainly is. You can't get a licensed gun. Wow. You know, they, they, they will look at you up and down three ways for Sunday. You know. <laughs> <Yeah. to> <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's good to know. See, I learned something new today. I wasn't aware of that. Oh, you yeah. m- it, and it's that way in Europe as well. Yeah, you can't well, just well, well, America. America is. I'm, I'm a proud American. So let me get that disclosure so no one is going to say he's un- un-American. But I, I, I think it's 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 a it's a damn shame that in America. We put guns before, there are more protections for guns and gun owners than there are women and, and reproductive rights. That's oh, yeah, rights. I, know, I know, I know. And, you know, one of the guys who was at the convention this past Saturday, the GOP convention, he had the gall to say, uh, it's my God-given right to have a gun. Oh. When the Come heck on. did they put this did in the God Bible? Decide. Exactly. I, I, I'm, hey, listen. I'm all all religions preach non-violence. Thank you. Exactly. Right. I, yeah. I, I've never read that scripture yeah. in, in the Bible. Okay. Uh, show, show me where that is. So the, the, these people that cling to their constitutions, when, when, the, when the framers made the Second Amendment, you know what? They didn't have AR-15s. I don't think they could have imagined that kind of technology. Yeah. They, they had muskets. Yeah. Google Google what a musket is, okay? <laughs> they didn't have AR-15. So that that the, the, the Ninth Amendment basically talk about that 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 there should be there could be new things and changes. So some people are stuck to the Second Amendment and I think that it is a poor excuse to continue uh, to keep us where we are. There should be some reasonable limitations. Just like we require people before they go and a, a drive a car you have to get a driver's license. Now in Texas, there's no requirement that people have to have a license to carry a gun. So there's no permit. There's no safe storage training. There's no training on proficiency on how to use a gun. You just simply go buy a gun in this state. Come on. Get it, right. I know. I, it is not safe to drive the streets anymore. And most of our Indian folks, they're telling, they're telling their kids, if you, if you get into an accident, just walk away. Don't do anything. Don't, don't get into a fight or whatever. That is the wrong way to live, guys. We need to live properly by telling people uh, something different. The storyline is, if your politician is voting for guns, vote him out. I agree. I mean, you know, the, 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 when is enough going to be enough? You know, here, here, here's the hypocrisy. Many of my colleagues, they talk about hopes and prayers. But where are the solutions? You know, there, there's no hopes and prayers are going to keep getting us where, we, where we've been getting. Einstein said the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. We can't keep hoping and praying wishing we have to get some policies in place to do something about it well yeah absolutely ron thank you so much once again for being with us and 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 for taking the the effort to come over here all the way from the 59 and I was 610. Downtown. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I love I love the fact that I got a chance to be here before the show was off. So Thank it's you. an honor to be here mm-hmm. and, and I appreciate your platform uh, and all your viewers that are listening. Thank you so Thank much you for so having me. And, and, and folks, we have been talking to Ron Reynolds, who's uh, the state rep for District 27 in Missouri City. And uh, you're not up for election this this. I'm up in November. Uh, okay. Every two years, we're up. Like right. U.S. So, Congress and state reps every two years. So you heard him, and if you like what you hear, and I do, I, I suggest you vote for him because he has at least got the 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 nerve to go up against <laughs> the gun lobby. The and powerful. He's, right. He's proposed this twice, and yes. he's shown us a way that we can make some fundamental changes. So, well, Ron, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah, for we just me. had a caller who had hosted you yesterday, Ron, and... Uh, 
Mr. Sheikh? Yeah. Yeah, so he just called and he wanted to be part of the debate. Oh. I had to turn him down. Oh. Sorry, unfortunately, well, we ho- just don't ho- have the time. Ho- and hopefully, we I'll have be able our... to come back again in the yes, future. Yes, yes, yes. Are you talking about Mr. Sage Sheikh? Yes, yes. Sage yes, Sheikh, he just got an award, I think, yesterday. Right. He, was he, just... he received a presidential award last night. And I, was, wow. I was happy to be there to congratulate him. He's a good I'm man. I'm sorry he we really couldn't is. get him yeah. on air because, you know, our next yeah. guests are waiting. But he. Well, thank you for having me. I'll, yeah. I'll come back anytime you invite me. Oh well, no, no. We we appreciate you taking the effort. And next time, hopefully, you in Missouri City, you can drive over here you very got easily. It. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Can you get a picture? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fo- folks, we'll be right back. Don't go away. Folks, we're back again. Uh, we just had a very, very short musical break in order to uh, allow Mr. Reynolds to, to leave the studio. And we have with us already on the line two of our, uh, both of our next guests. Uh, um, Sanchala, you, would you like to introduce them? Sure. So we have with us uh, Lin Nguyen, who's holding on the line. She is currently the section chief of the Vehicular Crimes Division at the Harris County District Attorney's Office. She started her career at the Harris County District Attorney's Office in 2013. After graduating from South Texas College of Law, she was born and raised here in Houston and went to the University of Houston for her undergrad. And Hi, we, good afternoon. Hello. Hello, Lynn. Thank uh, you so much for joining in. Sorry to keep you waiting for a little bit. And we have Nathan also on the line. And Nathan Beadle. He attended the University of Washington in Seattle, graduating with a Bachelor of Science in Wildlife Biology and a minor in Forest Management. He went on to receive a Juris Doctorate degree from Syracuse University College of Law and a Master of Science in Environmental Science from the State University of New York's College of Environmental Science and Forestry. He was licensed by the State Bar of Texas in 2001. From 2000 to 2005, he worked as an intern and then a Harris County assistant DA under then-DA Johnny Holmes and Chuck Rosenthal, always assigned to the trial bureau. From 2005 to 2016, he was actively engaged in private practice of law, including as a criminal defense attorney. From 2017 to 2020, he served as misdemeanor division chief. He was elevated to bureau chief in 2021 and now runs the misdemeanor alternative solutions and environmental divisions. Welcome to our show, Nathan and Lynn. Good to have you. Thank you so much for having us both. 
Well, thank you so much, and sorry to keep you waiting a little bit. As I said, Ron Reynolds had made a heroic effort to come here from the, the closed-down Southwest Freeway all the way from downtown, and uh, then he ended up coming into... He was supposed to be in the studio, but then he ended up f coming to the studio uh, after all, and he was here for about 10 minutes, so I apologize for that. Uh, uh, Lynn and Nathan... Thank you once again for taking the time to, I know this is a Saturday afternoon, you want to be with family, you want to, I know Nathan, you've got little kids who probably want you to take them to see a, a movie, right? Jurassic Park or something like that? We've already done that. Oh, wow. Today, but we're ready, we're ready to answer all your questions. <laughs> I see, okay. Well, the reason that um, um, I suggested uh, having both of you on was because, um, we, we want to we talk about what happens in the event that somebody has a, a, an issue that somebody's maybe their store is broken into or they've lost a car or they've been mugged or, or robbed or whatever. What does the Harris County District Attorney's Office do? How, do they, how does the office go about collecting evidence from that particular uh, incident? Lynn, you, can you answer? Sure, I can definitely ask that. Um, so if you are a victim of a crime, we actually have a office called the Victims Division, and they will actually be the ones that will contact you as a victim, and they will provide you with updates on the court settings, what's going on with the case. If you need to get in touch with your prosecutor, they can facilitate that, um, and they can provide a number of services like counseling if you happen to be, um, say, the victim of a particularly violent crime. They offer all kinds of services. And so we have a specifically devoted for that to help victims navigate the criminal justice system. Uh, when it comes to collecting evidence on a criminal case, um, it's really law enforcement before filing it that is responsible for that. However, that doesn't mean that our office does also do that as well. As a part of the vehicular crimes division, um, we're an investigator. So what that means is we will actually start our own investigations and we will go ahead and obtain the evidence ourselves in a lot of our investigations. So um, that means our investigators who used to be peace officers will actually go write search warrants and obtain those evidence so that we can investigate those crimes ourselves. Huh, I see. So you is it a fairly swift process? Uh, does it take very long to, to do this? or the uh, you know, uh, are they swamped? Do your investigators swamped anyway, I guess? Well, I think it, dep it depends on what kind of case it is. Um, obviously, I deal with mostly felony cases, and they can take some time in order to gather this evidence. Depending on if we have enough evidence where we reach that burden of probable cause, we can file the charge of that event and continue to investigate it at the court or at the cases through that legal system. Um, but there are cases where, unfortunately, it just takes a lot of time to really investigate it before we feel like we've reached probable cause. So those can take a little bit longer. But we have very dedicated, very hardworking investigators and prosecutors um, working around the clock basically to investigate these fatality crashes. Huh, I see. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's say um, my gas station was just broken into. And, or, or maybe somebody drove their car through the window and smashed in and picked up the ATM and, and ran off. Is that uh, something that, it, what is the, the, the first step I need to do in order to get, of course, I, I'm going to call the police, 
naturally. Right. But as far as the Harris County DA's office goes, do they contact me right away afterwards? So it depends. Um, say that you call the police and they come there, but they don't have any leads right away. They don't find the suspects who break into your gas station on the spot. Sometimes that does happen and we can file charges on them that night. But if for they need to investigate it further because they don't have a suspect, they'll usually give you a slip of paper. HPD will give you what's called like a blue slip. And it'll have everything from the officer's name on it to the case number that HPD has. Um, and the things that you need to know to contact that law enforcement agency to follow up on your case. So if it's an uncharged case, that means the agency will have updates in terms of, like, have, do they have evidence to file a case? But if, for some reason, we do file a charge that night, then somebody from the DA's office will contact you as the victim. Uh, I see. But, you know, uh, Lynn, uh, we've yeah. seen a lot of cases going to a grand jury. Uh, Grand Jury Chief Pat Staten was on a few weeks ago explaining this process. Can you remind us why so many cases have to go to the grand jury? Yeah, of course. So by law, all felonies have to be indicted by a grand jury. So that is by law. It's not something that we you know, created, control, or made up. Um, and what that means is that even though I can file a felony case, as in I can bring a charge, it still has to be indicted by a grand jury before basically we can continue to proceed with that legal process. That's why it may feel like a lot of cases go through the grand jury system. And the reason why is because every felony needs to be indicted by a grand jury. And there are some special circumstances where we will actually take a misdemeanor into the grand jury as well. That's more limited circumstances. I'm sure Nathan can expound on that, but in terms of a felony in Texas, every single felony has to be indicted by a grand jury. Wow. So, Lynn, I watch a lot of Law & Order, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, <laughs> there's always uh, two components, First right? Comes the police, law. Yeah. The, <laughs> the police and the law. So, how do you all work together? Because, you know, when I watch these shows, it's like there's always some kind of an understanding. And, you know, before the, court case, um, the case goes to court, they come to some kind of an understanding. They know who are the different witnesses, things like that. So, does that happen in real life, too? Or is this very staged, the, those uh, TV shows? Well, I think it does look like that for the most part. Obviously, Law & Order, every episode takes uh, only one hour, right? And that right. Yeah. Yes. And the prosecution happens in one hour. Right. Yeah. And that's true in real life. So what happens is the law enforcement agency is primarily responsible for investigating a case. And then they will bring that case to our office to see if we want to file a charge. And the collaborative effort is what happens at that moment, right? They provide us and they tell us about the case, the evidence that they have. We have a discussion about it, but ultimately it's the district attorney's office that will decide if we want to bring a charge. That doesn't mean that after a case is charged, we never talk to those officers again. Um, I can tell you for the most part, especially in vehicular crimes cases, um, there are, you know, there's a specific vehicular crimes division for both the Houston Police Department and the Sheriff's Office. And I work very closely with those officers and deputies all the time. Um, and that means I can ask them, hey, I feel like I need this to be further investigated, so please go talk to this witness again, or please go try to obtain the surveillance video even after a case is filed. So, 
just because a case is filed doesn't mean our involvement with law enforcement ends at that point. It is a collaborative effort, but ultimately we're responsible for different parts of that criminal legal process. Well, you know, um, uh, I... Initially, the, the case just goes to like a regular jury. Like I've just been grand jury. summoned for jury duty. So uh, like when I go uh, as a jury member, you know, to... to uh, the court. So, can it be one of these cases or, you know, what kind oh, of... Yeah, for, go ahead. Uh, so, it depends, right? If you got summoned for regular jury duty, that yes. means you're going to go see a trial. Okay. And so, it could either mean a civil trial or a criminal trial. And typically, you won't know until you get there and then they split you off into different parts. Mm-hmm. And so when you do go to jury duty, um, typically what happens is they show you a video and tell you kind of like what your oath as a juror would be. Um, it's an informational video. And then eventually you will be sectioned off. Um, like you perhaps could go to um, a trial that's happening in the 339th Criminal District Court. And so you will sit with 65 other people um, in the courtroom and then you'll see the prosecutor and the defense attorney and the judge. Um, each person has sort of a part that they'll talk to the jury about. And then if you do get selected, then you get to sit and watch a criminal trial and you will be the ones deliberating on somebody's guilt and innocence. That's for the criminal side. Obviously, if you get picked for a civil case, I don't really do that. But the civil case would be in a separate building from the criminal building. But now the DA's office handles both civil and criminal cases? No, we only handle, for the most part, criminal cases. There are certain branches of our district attorney's office that will um, have a civil function to it. Um, The ones that I can think of off off the top of my head is asset forfeiture um, and things like that. There could be a civil component to it, but for the most part, we are responsible for bringing criminal charges. You know, there's a lot of technical vocabulary that goes on, and people don't understand what that means. Uh, for example, you know, what is a subpoena? I mean, this, people hear this all the all time, the but, time, w- yes. but what, does that, what the heck does it mean? <laughs> sure. So a subpoena is, um, it's basically a legal, it's the legal authority that a court has. And so what that means is if you receive a subpoena as either um, a witness or a custodian of records for a business, it will usually say something on there as in um, you are summoned to appear before the court as a witness. Uh, failure to do so could result in a fine or jail time, and that is a court order. So that means the court is telling you that, hey, you're a witness on this case, and you have to appear at this time or date. It also could be the legal authority by which we could obtain evidence. And so if I um, need a piece of evidence, say, like a surveillance video from a business, um, I would send a subpoena in order to have legal authority to compel them to to bring that surveillance video, to produce that surveillance video. So essentially it means it's a court order to do something. So does that happen when someone willingly doesn't want to cooperate as a witness, or it can happen even without that? It could. um, So typically I would, so if I have a trial coming up, I would subpoena witnesses that I think are relevant to proving my case. It doesn't mean that I think off the top of my head that they will be uncooperative. It's just that um, it is, it is noticed to them that they are being compelled by the court to appear as a witness. And so, you know, sometimes it's good for them, like the witness to have something like that to show to their work. Um, If they go to school or something like that and they need some kind of excuse, they can say like, Hey, this is an order from the court. I have to appear in court on this day. So 
just because you receive a subpoena doesn't mean that I think that person is uncooperative. It is just giving them notice as well. Well, what if if you get this subpoena and you happen to have just broken your leg and you were in the hospital? What do you do then? I mean, the best thing to do, so on the subpoena, it will tell you um, who to contact to basically check in for that subpoena. So I know for all of the subpoenas that I issue for witnesses, I will say upon receipt of the subpoena, please contact Assistant District Attorney Lynn Wynn at this number, right? Mm -hmm. So all it takes for you to call that number and then to let me know that you're obviously in the hospital, I'm not going to compel you because of that. Like, we'll work around that somehow. You uh, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but there's usually a number on there for you to call to contact. And so that's the best way to do it. If something like that happens, if you have some sort of conflict, if some, some sort of emergency that you just can't get away from, um, I would suggest obviously reaching out to the prosecutor or whoever's issued that subpoena. But, and, and what happens if you don't understand English well enough? I mean, from our communities, South Asian communities, Asian communities, we have older people who may not understand completely what is going on. Of course. Um, I have a lot of witnesses who are, English is not their first or primary language, um, and they will usually have a family member or a friend kind of explain to them what's on that subpoena and um, who to contact. So I've had people who, again, uh, English is not their primary language, who will contact me, and we have a number of translators at our office, and usually what I will do is I will have one of those translators like reach out to that witness and explain to them anything that they need to know about uh, why I am sending a subpoena to them. Mm -hmm. Lynn, what's the difference between an indictment and a guilty sentence? Uh, so a guilty sentence occurs typically after a trial. Um, and the burden of proof at any trial is beyond a reasonable doubt for the state of Texas. And it's a much higher burden than what is required to get a case indicted. The only thing that you need to get the case indicted is probable cause. And so it's a lower burden of proof. Um, and so you can think of an indictment and a guilty sentence as sort of different parts of a of the legal process, a criminal legal process. Indictment usually happens at the very beginning of a case, and a guilty sentence happens at the very end of a case. And so between those two, um, there could be a lot of things that happen. Obviously, more evidence is gathered. There's more discussions that happen between the state and the defense attorney um, and things like that. And so it's separate and different parts so of the criminal would it, justice. Would it, be, would it be akin to saying an indictment is that you've been accused of a certain crime and a guilt? That's correct. Okay. So, so you're being accused of a crime. You're given notice that you're being accused of a crime. So that's typically what an indictment is for, right? It is to give the defendant notice that, hey, the state of Texas is bringing this allegation. You are being charged with this crime. A guilty sentence is could happen in a number of ways. Like I said, the most common one is obviously trial. That's a jury that finds you guilty of a criminal offense, or it could be you pleading guilty, um, accepting a plea offer from the state, or um, getting sentenced by the judge or um, instead of a jury. So those could be the all result in a guilty sentence. Uh, Lynn, uh, can a regular person get in trouble for not providing evidence when requested? Uh, for example... You know, you know, I feel like I've been talking a lot, so I'm going to give this one to Nathan. Oh, okay, okay thank okay. you. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, uh, let me give you an example. Um, if, they, uh, if the police come to my house and ask for surveillance camera footage to investigate a crime that's happened across the street, so am I uh, required to do so? 
Well, we typically don't give legal advice, but let me put it this way, is that if the police come asking for a piece of footage, clearly they want it for a particular reason. Um, you do not have to provide information or data at that time in the field. However, there are other avenues, such as a grand jury subpoena, which we've been talking about in some regard, that can subpoena that information from you to where you will be under a legal obligation to provide it. Uh, I see. And I think just to be a good good citizen, I think it, um, you should cooperate as much as possible. Yeah, I can just tell you, like, the scene footage or the video footage from the house across the street where some crime occurs is often useful in our prosecutions. So the cooperation itself of providing the video or, or other digital information can be critical as to whether a crime can be solved, and I've seen this even in murder cases. So, you know, compliance or help in any regard that we can, we're talking about victims' families, um, public safety that are all crucial to what we're trying to do on a daily basis. Yeah, and there are cameras all over the place in the city. You That's know, true. you've got them at every street corner, it seems like, even though they say they don't. And then uh, uh, all the private houses do have some sort of... Uh, like a ring. Yeah. Yeah, is, there was uh, uh, an issue about using footage from rings without too much trouble, right, uh, Nathan? You can... We have those all the time. In fact, it reminds me of a case that we had where uh, a poor Uber Eats driver was showing up to a residence, um, and the only footage that we had was the across-the-street footage from somebody actually providing that ring video of the defendant doing what he did to that Uber Eats driver. So that's just a classic example of somebody else unrelated to the investigation that helped solve a crime for us. Well, so it brings to mind something else. Um, th th all these cameras, they're controlled, they're, they're connected through servers. So everyone's got an IP ad address on the camera. Can, you, can the police actually know who's got a camera or does an investigator have to go out there and s walk around and say, oh, there's a camera over here, there's a camera over there? The most typical way, particularly in the private context, if it's a privately held camera, is for the investigator in the field to obtain that footage or, as we say, put boots on the ground and find where the locations that may have video that would help in a crime. Of course, if there's a publicly available video, such I think Lynn uses these a lot in her intoxicated manslaughter cases, there may be a publicly available video that we can get through the city or somebody else that has a camera that's remote that we can get that footage. All right, but there's not a map on uh, somewhere in secretly held where everyone's cameras are identified. <laughs> no. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> well, you know. Also you, not that I'm aware of. You, you never know. Yeah, um, either Lynn or Nathan... Uh, uh, you know, a uh, lot of our radio listeners, uh, if they become victims and suddenly see themselves in this maze that is the criminal justice system, uh, what can they expect from your office in terms of help? Uh, I think when touched on this, we have a victim services division that that is their role, particularly in felony cases, to reach out and become that connection with our office, that point of contact for the office. And, and I think you brought up a really key point, which is some people have, let's just say, challenges with communication in English or just in general, they're not the best communicator. Right. We have different languages spoken at the office um, 
a huge list of people and resources to draw upon to help communicate. I will also say that, let's just say, the second generation of, let's say, your listeners, their children, their nieces, their nephews, if that third person is a great conduit that can translate or help the contact or be the contact between the main witness, that's always helpful, too. And our victim services is really good at getting those secondary and third contacts, particularly in very serious cases. Uh, so um, one of the, the criticisms that has been lodged against the use, uh, Harris County uh, uh, DA's office, office is that there's a lot of repeat offenders that are out on multiple bonds. Now, what, uh, you know, explain the, the concept of the bond and, and what makes the bond decision what does your does your office come up with saying hey now this guy he needs we're going to send him to the judge and the judge says a hundred thousand dollar bond i mean it's kind of like an insurance right that there's going to the guy's going to come back but but how do you ex can you explain that a little bit please i'll let lynn take this one <laughs> okay so the purpose of a bond and everyone in texas is entitled to a bond except in very rare circumstances like a capital murder or um, some other circumstances as well. But for the most part, everyone is entitled to a bond. And I believe that everybody in the criminal justice system, from the prosecutor to the judge and even to the defense attorney, is responsible in some way in ensuring that a sufficient bond is set. So when a case is filed, obviously um, the state will review a number of things before we determine what motion to file, and typically we'll file a motion for sufficient bond. Uh, we'll look at any prior criminal history, the facts of the case itself, if it's like a particularly violent case involving a deadly weapon of some sort, um, something that we feel is like a danger to the community, and we'll file the appropriate motions asking for a certain bond. And then the state is entitled to a hearing if we want to hold somebody at no bond or if we want to revoke and raise somebody's bond because, like you said, a repeat offender, um, say he's already on bond for a felony and then he picks up another felony or another criminal case. Uh, then at that point, the judge will hold a hearing where the state will present evidence and make an argument as to why we think an appropriate bond is this or why we think no bond is appropriate. The defense also has a chance to make an argument and bring any mitigating evidence in that hearing. And ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, the judge will make that determination according to the law. Uh, I see. So if a repeat offender is seen as a danger to society, is there anything your office can do to, you know, stress the need for that individual to be in custody? Um, so what we can do is, like I said, uh, we can file the appropriate motions, demand a hearing from the court. Uh, to basically put on evidence to show the court that this person is a danger to the community and that this bond is appropriate or that no bond is appropriate. And so, again, um, at the end of the day, the judge, after hearing both sides, after a hearing, will make that determination. Uh, I see. Um, well, this has been a great conversation, and uh, I would like to kind of end it with a, a question about recruitment. How... Both of you, Lynn and Nathan, how are you enjoying your jobs? Is someone in our community is interested in uh, becoming a prosecutor? Uh, would you recommend uh, such an interest? Such a high-stress job? <laughs> uh, I'll take that one first. Yeah, sure. And um, 
I love my job. I typically Even though it's stressful, I right? I, I wouldn't want another job in the world. Really? Ah, wonderful. Wow. It's, a, it's an incredible honor to represent the, the people of Harris County, to make a difference every day in what you do, to provide um, closure in some cases to people who have really been seeking it for two years or more in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even the person that's a property owner like you that had their garage spray painted, if we can get restitution back for them, it makes a difference in people's lives. So in terms of recruitment, we are always looking for high-quality, motivated, um, enthusiastic, intelligent people to come and work with us on a daily basis. you got to go to law school. Yes. And we recommend you come intern with us so that you know what you're getting yourself into because it, it's, no, uh, it's not just having cake and, and having coffee in the morning. It's, it's working like this on a Saturday at 5 o'clock in the afternoon and making sure that our message is clearly put out there and understood exactly what our role is and how much, how important it is and how we actually love to do it. Um, Nathan and Lynn, hold on one second. We're going to be going to a commercial break. We're going to be with you for another 10 minutes after we, we come back, so don't go away. Uh, this is Indo-American News Radio, and we're talking to the DA's office. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. News Radio, India News, U.S. News, World News, Movie Reviews, and Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. वो बरसों पुराना स्वाद यहाँ कहाँ बरसों पुराना स्वाद अरे भुजिया का उसके लिए एरे गैरे नहीं भुजिया के एक्सपर्ट्स चाहिए बिकानो इधर लाओ इधर लाओ तुम कह रहे थे वो स्वाद कहाँ भुजिया मतलब बिकानो जो बनती है बरसों पुरानी खास ओरिजिनल रेसिपी और बेस्ट क्वालिटी के इंग्रेडिएंट्स से हमसे बेहतर भुजिया को जाने कौन बरसों ऐसी बिकानो डिस्ट्रीब्यूटेड बाई सुपीरियर ट्रेडिंग डालस एंड अवेलेबल इन ऑल लीडिंग स्टोर ऑफ टेक्सिस Indo American News Radio India News US News World News Movie Reviews and Local Community Roundup every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. on Masala 98.7 FM Hi I'm Jawahar I'm Sanchali and I'm Pramod Indo American News Radio Welcome back folks we're talking to Lynn Wen and uh, Nathan Beadle uh, from the Harris County District Attorney's office about uh, what happens to you in case you're involved in a crime either as a uh, as someone who's been the victim of a crime or uh, is is somehow involved in a, as a as an accessory witness, witness as maybe. accessory or a witness right um, so uh, uh, both uh, Nathan maybe you can answer this uh, Um, since the two of you are there, I don't know who, who is responsible for this, but police officers, they usually, are they under the jurisdiction of the, the district attorney's office? And if so, I mean, who looks after the police when they interact with the community? I mean, we have the police, they're the police chief, but if the DA's office, there's a different line of responsibility? Yeah, so our county is different than every other jurisdiction in the United States. We have about 85 law enforcement agencies that are all separate under separate chains of command under separate in some cases elected officials no get out of here really that sounds like a lot of waste of effort isn't it well that is how we are structured in harris county the the, the contrary to that is manhattan has one police agency uh-huh. you know, they have nypd we have 85 
Wow. And as a result, um, we have very little direct, we don't have any direct influence on exactly how they institute their chain of command. Um, And as a result, we have to wear many hats in talking to the different stakeholders, which are the chief of police, the eight elected constables, the sheriff is also an elected official in our county, and have good relationships with as many law enforcement agencies as we can that bring us cases on a daily basis. Wow, wow. that sounds like an awful lot of coordination, a lot of opportunities for making some sort of mistakes along the way, right? Well, the reality is is that there are pretty much five extremely large agencies in that in that um, group, like I discussed. The Sheriff's Department is a huge group. The Houston Police Department is a huge group. Precinct 4, the constables on the north side of town, and Precinct 5 are very large jurisdictional areas. The city of Pasadena and Baytown, I would say, comprise probably 70 to 80 percent of our overall cases in general. Wow. So um, it may sound more daunting with the 85, but some of these smaller areas are just small municipalities, let's say on the west side of town, such as Hedwood Village is a small jurisdiction, but we do get cases from them regularly. Uh, I see. Okay. Okay. So, so how were they assigned their cases? How does those individual chains of command assign their cases? That's I, up, to, up to them. Uh, that's up to them. Yeah, okay, yeah, really. Okay, okay. So you, you do not decide, like uh, the D, DAs don't decide. What, you know, one thing that bothers me is that there's been some uh, violations of civil rights in other, uh, other parts of the country. And I, ca- I remember a case, Pramod, you remember about the, the man, the Indian guy, he was walking down the street in Alabama and yeah. one of the police, the cop uh, assaulted him. What about civil rights? Uh, violations. Do you, does your office handle all of that? We do. We have two specific divisions that handle that. We have the Public Integrity Unit and the Public Corruption Unit. Um, and we have dedicated prosecutors that are looking at those alleged violations or investigations on a daily basis. That's their job. So if you feel like you are being harassed for some reason, you can call up the DA's office. Yes, and typically, obviously, we always say call the police, um, but I think what you're stating is that the police may be involved in some of these circumstances. What? Again, still, we need emergency services there as soon as possible if something is happening. Um, but in our office, typically, let's say in an officer-involved shooting or some sort of serious bodily injury, we'll make the scene and do a, an independent investigation of the use of force or whatever is presented to them at, at the scene. Hmm, I see. Okay, so, um, uh, well, now I, I want to go back to something else uh, that we talked about earlier about bonds, you know, when you said there's a bond decision that's made. And we've had uh, Michael uh, Kabash with us a couple of times, and he was a bond bailsman, uh, or bails bondsman, rather, uh, in his previous career. Uh, so, um, uh it, the, the the does how, who makes these uh, i mean we talked about who makes the bond decision right that's the judge that's the judge uh, along with the da's office they come up with some sort of they'll, they'll have a recommendation a recommendation on what but but then is then what happens once the bail is set i mean you you still can you're still not off the hook right if you happen to be part of uh, an investigation uh, i guess Lynn? i can answer this 
So um, even if a bond is set and someone is able to make that bond, that bond is a surety, right? It's supposed to, uh, it serves a number of purposes. It ensures that the defendant will show up to court when he's supposed to. It ensures that the community feels safe. Um, And obviously, you're not off the hook just because you happen to make a bond in a criminal case. That case continues on even after a bond is met and the defendant is out on bond. And so until that case is fully resolved, um, either by a jury trial, a plea agreement, a dismissal, any number of those ways, that defendant is still responsible for adhering to the conditions that are set by the court for his bond. Um, and showing up to court every day. Because obviously, if he doesn't do either of those things, his bond could be revoked at any time before that case is resolved. Uh, uh, Lynn or Nathan, I had a general question uh, about the cases in the DA's office. Uh, Are most of them settled uh, out of court uh, in the sense of negotiating between the defense attorney and uh, district attorney's uh, representative? Uh, And what percentage actually go to trial? I'll take that. So at the lower level, meaning the class A and B misdemeanor level, mm-hmm. many and many and many high percentage of cases are worked out prior to any trial happening. I would say in the misdemeanor realm, less than 2% of the cases will be going to trial. Um, obviously, when the penalties get higher, where Lynn Wynn is practicing on a daily basis where there are there are people that have been either severely injured or killed um a lot higher percentage of those cases go to trial i don't think i could put my thumb exactly on how many but it's significantly higher than at the lower level that's true So there is a tremendous tremendous amount of negotiation period going forth between the defense attorneys and the prosecutors at all levels and in some cases we come to an agreement and other cases we don't and typically when we don't come to an agreement, that case is going to be tried. Uh, well, all this information is quite useful and valuable. Right, right, it is. Uh, before we let you go, I've got a couple of questions for you. One is, um, what about uh, in from our communities, immigrant communities from, uh, uh, from Southeast Asia uh, or Asian in, in general or others, I guess, where they don't trust the police, do you come across that uh, very often, that they don't trust the DA's office and they, they, they're very hard to get through to? You know, I can only yes. speak as, and I'm sure I'll let Nathan answer as well. Um, I can only speak as to, I guess, the Vietnamese-American side of it. Um, I'm obviously Vietnamese-American. I grew up here in Houston, um, and my parents are here, Like, and I have a lot of Vietnamese friends. When I have encountered either Vietnamese witnesses or victims uh, during my career as a prosecutor, sometimes there is apprehension just about law enforcement. But that apprehension stems from, I guess, like their lack of sort of understanding about what our role is. And so I feel like it helps when they have somebody on the other side um, that is Vietnamese American speak Vietnamese, that can talk to them, communicate with them, that grew up in a Vietnamese culture. And I feel like that does alleviate a lot of anxieties or concerns that they might have. But I don't think the apprehension stems from something that is um, like bad. I think it's just more of they just don't know enough about what it is that our office does and the role that we play in terms of ensuring victim justice, their rights, and making sure that these cases are 
obviously resolved appropriately. Nathan, you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, we deal with all kinds of populations that have some cultural um, newness to being here sometimes if you're a victim of a crime, even a defendant in a crime or a witness in a crime. So the authorities of wherever that person originates is going to be the foundation maybe of what maybe their their thought processes are regarding prosecution, police, etc. It is on us as the prosecutors oftentimes or our victim services professionals to reach out and build that bridge to somebody with some sort of historical opinion or thoughts about what's going to happen to them in the next six months or two years if they're a witness in a case. And, and we do that on a daily basis. Um, we have many undocumented people in our area. We have people with limited protection immigration status that understandably might not want to get involved in particular criminal prosecutions. But again, we're reaching out on a daily basis and trying to build that bridge to show them what we do, exactly like Lynn said, and, and what our role is, and that we can be trusted and move forward and help them resolve the situation. Well, do you have other agents that are with you at the DA's office then, Lynn? We do. Um, and so we have a number of Asians, um, and we also have a number of uh, Hispanic people, obviously prosecutors, uh, victim services advocates, um, paralegals, admins. Like I said, our office is we reflect the community that we serve. Mm-hmm. And like this is my community. I grew up here, and I obviously live here and prosecute here. And so I believe that our office is a cross-section of the community that we serve. And so I want, obviously, the Harris County community to understand and to trust us um, that if they are somebody who is a minority, that they can trust us, that we will always up- adhere to the highest ethical standards and that we want them to just believe and trust in what we do. Right. I see. I see. Well, and and finally, just my last question is about guns. We would, we've been talking to State's Representative Ron Reynolds just a little while ago about uh, guns and gun loopholes for buying guns at, at gun shows and so on and so forth. So it brings be very this gun, the whole gun issue is very much on our minds right now. Um, I guess gun violence is a, it's a given in, in most cases that you deal with, but um, and, and you deal with vehicular uh, uh, mis- uh, accidents and, and cases, right, Lynn? So do you find a lot of the cases that you're handling have um, are involved with, with gun violence? I mean, people are, are hurt as a result of that rather than just a wreck? So there is sort of a um, connection sometimes, especially I think that we've all seen it within this past year. Uh, There are a lot of road rage incidents, um, and I'm sure you uh, have heard a lot about it, probably have talked a lot about it. Yep. And so there's a lot of gun violence that stems from something that involves a vehicle. And so there are a number of cases that our division will handle, like road rage incidents, Um, Even though our division is specific to motor vehicle fatalities, we often absorb other cases that are connected to that. And so gun cases are a large part of it, unfortunately. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Nathan, do you have anything to add? Yeah, we we deal with lower 
crimes in the misdemeanor area, but uh, this will tell you a, about a loophole. We're handling a case right now where someone walked into a very prominent mall in in our jurisdiction with an AR-15 and boxes of ammunition um, and active clips. And but for the police taking immediate action and and apprehending this person, who knows what would have happened? Yes, oh, that's great. State of law. Yeah, and under the current state of law, that's a Class B misdemeanor in, in the state of Texas. So when I get a weapons case, they have to be looked at from top to bottom um, because they come in so many different varieties. And Texas is, is generally very proud to be a gun-orientated state. So as prosecutors, it's on us to look at the details of each particular case and address the public safety issues. Right. Uh, I remember there was a case in Sharpson Mall where an officer had apprehended somebody and the officer was apparently wounded or killed as a result of that apprehension. Um, uh, f- just, just since we're talking about guns, we're talking about uh, these kind of stats. How many of the gun cases that you'd actually dealt with were involved an Asian using a gun? Very small percentage for me. Very, very small percentage. All for me as well. So, so the majority of them are not Asian, and then the, so there's the rest of the population that we're dealing with: the Anglo's, the Blacks, and the Latinos. So uh, that's a very telling statistic because uh, you know earlier on we were talking about how Asian culture doesn't really, at least from India, you know, we frown upon the possession of guns, right? But, I mean, gun violence is pretty rampant in, in, in India, too, through, in some of the movies that we see. But, but over here, it's a very telling statistic. Whether they actually own guns or not, it's, it's a different story. Um, well, thank you very much, both of you, Lynn Gwen and, um, and Nathan Beadle. Thank you so much for, for calling in from the Harris County District Attorney's Office to share all this information with us. And thank you for doing it on a Saturday. We really appreciate your service. Oh, of thank course. You thank you for having us. Yeah, well, once again, thank you. And we look forward to dealing with the DA's office on many other informative uh, sessions. sessions as the time goes on. Thank you, guys. Have a good uh, weekend. And one thank last question. Yes. No, they wanted to say something. Or Lynn, if, if you have any specific information or somebody in the community that, that needs the connection, Lynn and I are always available. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. We, uh, we will certainly pass that on. And uh, listeners out there, they can always reach us, and we can certainly put the, uh, you in touch with Lynn or, or Nathan. Thank you once thank again, you. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Jawar, since you mentioned uh, the Sharpstown Mall, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, uh, if our listeners are interested in having to do something on the 4th of July weekend, mm-hmm. Uh, the Southwest Management District is holding uh, a Liberty Fest. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it's at the Plaza Americas Mall, which was the former Sharpstown Mall. Right, right. It's on Sunday, July 3rd, from 1 to 9 p.m. Oh, wow, nice, nice. So, yeah, I remember uh, that we got that that note, and it's the, we have an ad in Indo American right, News. Exactly, and they, they'll have food booths, games, entertainment for children in a kids' zone, live music and other performances and it will all lead up to a spectacular fireworks show at 9 p.m. Well, okay, wow. which, which day is this again? This is July 3rd, yeah. Sunday. The day July prior. 3rd. And it starts when? Uh, 
1 to 9 p.m. Wow, nice, nice. Yeah, hopefully it'll cool down by then. So, right? Charlie, you have a quick uh, announcement on SDKKM again? She does. Yes. So, on behalf of the Shiv, Durga, Krishna, Kali Mandir, um, they are requesting the honor of your gracious presence at the groundbreaking ceremony and Bhumi Puja of the temple, followed by Bipattarini Puja, the chief priest is Dr. Bishnupada Goswami. There will be an invocation by Pandit Suman Ghosh. And the distinguished guests who will be in attendance are Dr. Arun Verma, uh, Lina Hidalgo, Consul General Asim Mahajan, Durga Das Agarwal, Narendra Segal, Bal Sarin, and Mr. Jugal Malani. So it's on July uh, the 2nd, Saturday at 9 a.m. And it's on the grounds right next to the Gaudiya Mutt which is on Keith Harrow Lane. Um, Near Highway just 6. Just half of Highway 6 uh, past I-10 if you're going north. Boy, this is going to be a real busy weekend. Yes. Yes, yes. definitely. And uh, so, folks, we're going to go away to a commercial break, a much-needed commercial break at this point. <laughs> yes, it seems like we're talking, 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 talking. And we'll be back after these messages from uh, uh, some of our advertisers. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Sinchali showing me uh, some advertising in our paper. But anyway, this is Indo American News Radio. We'll be back, folks. Don't go away. Indo American News Radio. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie reviews. And local community roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo American News Radio. बड़े महंगे किरदार है जिंदगी के वक्त आने पर सबके भाव बढ़ जाते हैं पर महाराजा ज्वेलर्स में डायमंड्स के भाव कभी नहीं बढ़ते दिल को रिझा दें मन को लुभा दें ऐसे हैं महाराजा के हीरे आपका आंगन जगमगा दे महाराजा डायमंड्स 5821 हिलक्रॉफ्ट 7137845673 ब्रिंगिंग डायमंड्स टू लाइफ Discount Power is offering special discounted rates for the Masala family. Our listeners, sponsors, and the employees get special Masala rates. Let me tell you where to go to sign up. www.discountpowertx.com slash Masala Radio. These rates are not published anywhere else. All new customers get $50 credit when you sign up. Go now to discountpowertx.com slash Masala Radio and get the discount. This is a limited time offer. Discount Power is a proud sponsor of Masala Radio and our energy partner PUCD 10 Indo-American News Radio. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. 
Hey guys, I got to tell you, I have some cricket news. Okay, what? <laughs> yes, yes. You went on, uh, I attended a, a webinar. A webinar, a Zoom, Zoom webinar for minor league cricket that is becoming the rage all across this nation. And they, they've started uh, the league. Uh, they are going to be playing uh, the finals this July 4th weekend at, at Musa Stadium. Ah. Or no, Musa. Where, where is Musa Stadium? It's, it's in Pearland. No, no, Musa. Yeah, Musa Stadium is Pearland. Um, but this one's at uh, Prairie View. This is, I'm sorry, Prairie View. Oh, okay. Prairie View. And so it's uh, minor league cricket is really taking off. Uh-huh. The sponsors have been very, very uh, much uh, aggressively marketing themselves, and uh, they they talked about how the facilities here in the Houston area were so great. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be bringing in more and more of these teams. They've already got a couple of leagues going on. So uh, it's one very exciting. My, one of my staff pharmacists, his name is Akash Bhakta. He actually plays. Oh, and Bhakta, he was at Prairie View. You know him? Yeah, I don't know him. but I They have a Bhakta him. league. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's huge apparently. Uh, so he was also at that Prairie View. He, he's an a- A&M grad. I and see. he was there playing the Bhakta League cricket. So oh, okay. there's a lot of, yeah. We, we, I'll try to get somebody from the... Minor League. The, the Prairie View. And there are a lot of Musa children's Stadium. leagues also over yeah, here. Many true. of them a are... Tremendous. Yeah. The cricket um, lot of on interest. the amateur level is... Uh, and then is Sunil huge. Gavaskar is going to be here. Uh, uh, Sunday. Sunday and Monday. Tomorrow. No, no Monday's, Monday. Monday's event has been cancelled. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Okay, but both of you are going to the Sunday event. Right. Yes. yes. So tomorrow you, you got a chance to meet Sunil Gavaskar and tell him everything about us and maybe <laughs> get a little short interview. I'm sure he'd be quite interested. Yes. Yeah. Well, we can tell him everything yeah, we know we about have the to DA's go early, office. I guess, and see. Okay, we can yeah. check it out. Yes. Yes. But anyway, oh, the, the minor league cricket, by the way, the the prize for the the winning team is three hundred fifty thousand wow. dollars. I'm, I'm sorry. What? The prize is a hundred thousand dollars. The total purse is three hundred fifty thousand. Oh, okay. So minor league. What is the age group? Well, I no. Th- it's it's not like the sh- little people. Oh, it's not. It's for no. adults. It's for yeah, adults. It's, it's oh, instead okay. of major league cricket. Okay. Okay. With okay. like MLA. Okay. You okay. know. I don't think uh, you know, the teams here can qualify at the, you know, BCCI or the. Yeah, because uh, I level. I don't know if the US has any. Uh, promote talking. Qualified for the uh, the big uh, the, the big time big, big leagues. Time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is kind of like the uh, the Astros and the minor leagues. Yeah, and, and it's the major similar leagues. to a professional uh, format in the sense uh, the teams represent a city. Yes, right. that's right. Right. Oh, okay. And there's a lot of cricket teams in Florida, for example, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and in uh, in and Georgia. And I heard that uh-huh. India is going to play a West Indies series, which are going, which is going to be played in the U.S. Yes, uh, there's uh, rumors to that effect. It's it's not a fact yet. It's not a certainty. Well, I don't know if it's been publicly announced. Okay. But um, you know, there's some news on the um, highest level. Uh, the Indian women's cricket team is playing in uh, Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. and they've won the rubber match. And Harman Preet Kaur uh, has been amazing, apparently. How she could they be playing in Sri Lanka where they don't even have electricity? <laughs> they manage somehow. <laughs> 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 Uh, they're probably not playing under lights. <laughs> no, but they're burning sun. <laughs> yes. So Sandeep, our friend who just won our quiz contest today, he's texting me and uh, 
sharing a bit of information that Toyota is a big sponsor for the minor Correct. cricket. Correct. Toyota line. is and Sonoco. Sonoco is Sonoco the, and then also uh, Lakshmi Foods I think. Yes, that's right. That's right. And the 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 gentleman in charge of the Toyota uh, group is an Indian. Ah. Ah. Maybe that's why. So they're bringing IPL like tournaments to the right, US. Exactly. Yeah. That'll yeah, be wonderful. I remember going uh, with Jawahar to our uh, uh, to see all the uh, ex players, you know, there was oh, yeah, that, yeah, big, that was uh, Sachin that, and company. Yes. that was and, in uh, the Wasimakram Astros uh, Stadium. Was it? Yeah, it was at the Minute Maid Park. Yeah, exactly. yeah, Minute Maid Park. Yes, yeah, yes, right, yes, right, yes, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, and then the the men. I went and talked to Ajay Jadeja. Oh, okay. <laughs> Him and VVS Lakshman were oh, okay. in the in the commentators. Yeah, booth. I like Jadeja. That, that was the the Minute Maid Park was pretty packed. From yeah, what yeah, I remember yes. fifteen thousand yes. people. And I think the cricket was somewhat disappointing. It was disappointing. <laughs> it was because you know they're all past their primes. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but they're the ones who started this whole impetus to start cricket here. Yeah, mm. that's true. And before too long, I can see the both of you being umpires over there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be. At least know. I've got my cataract surgery done. All so right. I can see 2020. You can see, you the, can ball see the ball coming. Really <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. But the men's cricket team is in England right now. Yes, you. I didn't even know that they would go back and play that last test right. again. They didn't... See, I, India was ahead 2-1. Exactly, one. So exactly. So, they don't want to miss a chance They're robbed to. of... Uh, yeah. So, it's going to start, I think, the 2nd of July. Oh, okay. And then... Uh, a lot of things are happening the 2nd of July. Yeah, and hopefully we'll uh, win. Win again, yes, yes. So, it's the same team. Yeah. Okay. And then England, uh, I think... Uh, no, it's playing uh, New Zealand right now. Correct, yeah. correct. And uh, Australia is playing uh, Pakistan. Yes, yes, yeah. So a lot of cricket and is Sri going Lanka on. And Sri Lanka is playing. Yeah, everyone's playing. You know, so too hey, much cricket out there, yeah. Jawahar. Hey, you know, I what I found a trailer for a movie. To, I'm moving from cricket to a movie. Uh huh. A movie called Tulsi Das Junior. Oh yeah, I saw it. It's wonderful. Really? Yeah. What's it all about? And it's, it's not spelled T U L. It's T O L. T O L. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that is a factor. We had talked about this movie. Yeah, go ahead. This kid is about 14, you would say. I haven't well, seen the movie. Oh, okay. It's he's a youngster. He plays his, snooker. Yeah. Yes. And his father was a um, all champion. almost uh, a champion at the club, but uh -huh. he never made it uh -huh. because he had a affliction for uh, um, drinking. Oh. So the opponent, the same guy, would uh, before the last match. He would uh, take him to the bar and just get, get him, him drunk. drunk. Oh, so then the son got inspired, and then um, he became a snooker player. Is it based on a real life story? Yes, yes. Okay, it's based in Calcutta. Oh, okay. And then everything bad helps. <laughs> hopes. Anyway, this kid—it's a happy story, and then he where can we watch it? It's, it's on, on Netflix. Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then uh, uh, he learns from a. Uh, Oh, a professional player who's down on his luck. Mm -hmm. And guess who plays him? Uh, Sanjay... Uh, uh, Dutt. Dutt. Uh, of course. <laughs> Sanjay uh, Dutt. Uh, our yes. man. Sanju. Sanju Baba. Yeah, and he, he did a good job. Uh, I a, really yeah. enjoyed the uh, movie. Uh -huh. It's a, you know, a happy movie. 
So worth checking it out. And Sanjay Dutt uh, recently was in Prithvi Raj also. He was the main like uh, the oh the chief. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So the uh, name of the movie is Tulsi Das Junior, and it's and and uh, promote. You give it a thumbs up. Yes, certainly. Okay. And then I think Prithvi Raj is also on uh, on uh, one of the streaming channels. Oh, really? Because. Um, uh, but I'm not sure. It uh, didn't do well at all. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. I went to see it in the theater, and I would and give it a thumbs down. Thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. thumbs it, down. It didn't do well at the box office either. That's true. But there's a new series out. It's called Ishk Express. Ish. Yeah, I saw that. You saw that for too. That. Yes, yes, and it's on Amazon. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's about uh, two strangers who uh, meet on a train journey uh, to their respective hometowns. And they have an instant connection, and the series will show how some journeys can change your life. Uh -huh. So that is there. Then uh, there is also Jug um, uh, Jug Geo. Yeah, um, the, that's yeah. the big movie that big, has big hit. Big one, multi-starer. Yeah, it's, uh, Anil it's Kapoor, Neetu Singh makes a comeback after I don't know how long. Right, and uh, it's it just started, released. released on just Friday. Just released. I want to go see it at the theater. And then there are several Is other... Is it on the theaters? Yes. Yes, yes, And yes. Anil Kapoor um, is in it and uh, Varun Dhawan. So it's uh, Kiara Advani. I think yes. she's... Uh, Becoming uh, one yeah, of the top she, stars now. She was. Uh, she. Uh, she has another movie which is showing at the theaters right now, which is Bulbulaya Two. Oh, okay. So yeah, Kira is uh, the the biggest name right now <laughs> in the in the you know actresses scene. So uh, how did you read any reviews about Jug Jug Jio? Yeah, uh, they've been fairly positive. Okay. Uh, I think, okay. Uh, they. Uh, uh, the box office uh, was like at eight crores, so oh okay. Uh, if it doesn't uh, dive, it should do okay. They're saying Anil Kapoor is the absolute life of the party in the uh, movie. Well, he, yeah, he's that's a veteran actor now, so he can carry it through, right? Exactly. Uh, then I think in the theaters also there are uh, two. There's a Bangladeshi movie showing. Really? Yes, there is uh, Vikram, which is uh, Kamal Hassan's comeback. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, there is. I think that's more popular than many of the uh, mainstay Bollywood movies. Right, and then the, the rocketry. I don't know when that is coming. Oh yeah. Remember Madhavan came right, here right, with. Uh, yeah. And uh, that should be available fairly soon, I imagine. Yes, uh, ISRO uh, based. Right. It's also very different, is what I heard. Yes. And um, any other uh, new series? One thing I've been doing is I've been watching uh, Javed Akhtar. He does classic legends. Yes. And he has four seasons of it, and I'm on third season. Mm -hmm. And he talks about... Uh, he does a very good job because he knows the history. Exactly. And background behind every artist that he, you know, deals he, with. Yeah. yeah. And recently I saw his uh, episode on Lata Mangeshkar, ah. Shailendra, uh, Manoj Kumar and Sunil Dutt. So he's very good. The only uh, criticism I have about the show is uh, it's too wordy in the sense... He doesn't play as much music as uh, I would like. See, he's a poet, a lyricist, an yeah. author, so naturally... He's a very he serious-minded he, he, person. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so one, he, uh, naturally he likes to talk, I'm guessing. Yeah, so. one thing we should talk about is the International Day of Yoga, which happened yes. uh, yeah, last weekend. Yeah. And uh, over a dozen uh, uh, sites throughout uh, Houston, all the way from Woodlands to Pearland and... Uh, uh, had uh, you know sessions for yoga uh, 
and then the teachers taught asanas and uh, pranayam all the things that one should uh, learn about yoga there's a picture in our newspaper about the himvirs performing yoga in front of the himalayas in ladakh they are bare chested shivering i can tell some of them and they have their army you know the uh, fatigues the right. pants on but they are in yoga poses <laughs> and and our fr- front page story is about the yoga it, discovery it, green exactly the discovery green there were about 700 people and then 70% of them were uh, mainstream, mainstream Americans. Yeah, which is r- really amazing that right. they were that very few Desis. Yes. Well, uh, Desis don't want to move out of the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> But they attended in large numbers. But there was, a, there was a yoga session at India House too. Yeah, that, yes, that's also true. Yes, there's a picture so there in our paper about it. There are about 13 about locations. Uh, and the woodlands. We have so we we'll have another article next. Uh, about the week. woodlands? Uh, uh, everything. Okay. Uh, there'll be a large article about okay. all the events and the, that uh, And the walkathon for Sadhguru's Save Soil, that initiative, that also was a huge success. I know several friends of mine who participated because it was right here in Chigalan and it started from the town center and they blocked off quite a few roads so ah. that and we and had asha call w- with us to right. talk about it so hundreds walked in it and uh, it was a huge success and you know you could do either 1k 3k 5k 10k depending and since they weren't right. they were not walking on soil they were conserving soil right yeah. exactly and they were <laughs> walking on pavement <laughs> yeah but next, it's a very good cause and yeah uh, certainly yeah. is uh, next week uh, we're going to do a quiz again right correct yeah yeah so we need contestants Yes. So you need to call folks us out folks out there. We we want you to call us and just don't walk around the radio station. <laughs> what <laughs> what I'm you might thinking, be grabbed and brought in. Since it's a holiday <laughs> holiday weekend uh, Jawahar. Good one pro. Huh? What was what He was said, it? if you walk around the stu- the studio we might just grab you and bring <laughs> you. We need contestants. Actually, we are, uh, I had a idea. Contestants have really improved. It's not that. Uh, it's just that, you know, Our some people are more aware than others. Our yeah. questions are the same. Yes, yeah. yes. So, Jawar, I had an idea for the next one. We well, should probably get three of the winners and, you know, try and uh, pit them against well, each other. Well, let's, let's go through the July 4th weekend first. <laughs> and we'll no, get I would winners. like to, because it's a celebratory, you know, Independence Day weekend. Are so you going to bring some pakoras and samosas? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you can do that too, you know, for a change. <laughs> winner, right right win- back at you, Jawar. Win- winner takes all. Winner takes all. <laughs> all you have to do we is can go entice, by India Street. Dice the contestants with uh, jawa uh, with pakoras and all that. Yeah, But that's w- true. L- what's the number they could should call in order to to get us? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's our uh, newspaper number. Seven one Correct. Or they can call Sanchali. No. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> call Jawar. Seven one three seven eight nine six three nine seven. We want you to call, or you you can email us at indoamericannews at yahoo.com. And Jawar, it doesn't seem like you have a, a music. Uh, I do, I do, person. I do. But the problem is, it's that the stupid thing has not worked in the again? past. Again? Let's no, see no, if it works. No, no, everybody else is doing it, so try it again. It's manual. Here we go. Hey, 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 hey. he made it work. We, bye, uh, bye, 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 folks. folks. Bye, everyone. Be safe. Be safe and stay cool. Enjoy the summer days. Right, right. Stay, stay cool.